Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. Thanks, Sue. <laughs> Seems funny, doesn't it? Uh, being church like this when we're a little fellowship of, of people, but it's great. It's really, really exciting. So I reckon we got more than 11 congregations because really our missional community that was here last night, there were 35 of us here and God was doing great things amongst us. I reckon that's number 12 and I reckon our youth is number 13 and our young adults is number 14. And uh, I'm pumping it up a bit because in the last millennium when I went to Bible college in 98, 99, I had a vision for I called it the 2020 vision, and that was 22 years in advance then. Here we are right now, 2020. But the 2020 vision was that by 2020, I would would have been involved in planting 20 churches. And here we are, we, we sort of, we got about 14 congregations. We're one church, but we've got about 14 congregations. And last year we only had like three or four or five or something, and I couldn't see God, you know, five in 19 years, how are we going to get 15 more in 2020? But um, God's on the job, you know, and we only need another six and we've got it. So let's see what he does this year because this is the year of exponential uh, growth. But our theme, as Pastor Sue said, is we can overcome. And spiritual warfare is an interesting um, topic. You know, obviously, when when Jesus came and and uh, lived here on earth and uh, then went to the Garden of Gethsemane in great pain of his soul, sweating great drops of blood through through the pores of his body, and his spirit wrestling with God, Lord, not my will but yours be done. The world came to a turning point right then. And then from there, Jesus went to the cross and on the cross there, he defeated the powers of that were, have been ranged against humanity and are still ranged against humanity to this day. And Pastor Sue and um, Dr. John Adier and others have already preached about the world, the flesh and the devil and the cosmic battle that we're in and so on. And so if you haven't heard those messages yet, I'd encourage you to listen to them because they sort of set the stage for what I'm going to say today because I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare. And spiritual warfare, yes, for us as Christians begin when we get onto our knees and we bow the knee to Jesus for the first time. Before that, there's no war happening because the devil's already got us. The demons, the the powers of this world have already got us. But the moment that you bow your knee to Jesus and he comes and lives in your life and brings your spirit in connection with his Holy Spirit and you come alive and you're born again, at that moment, a battle begins. Now, I I just want to um, share with you, sometimes as uh, Christians, especially sort of Pentecostal Christians who are out there on the the extreme Holy Spirit sort of end of, of Christian faith, sometimes we have this idea that spiritual warfare is really all about battling demons and seeing people, you know, delivered from demons. And that was a part of the life of Jesus. And it's a part of the life of his church, but it's not everything. But, you know, I'm thinking back a few years now to when Joan Rule was one of our senior saints here at the church. And one day we were in church down at Ties Hill at our Ties Hill campus. And this young lady started obviously manifesting a demon. There was 
stuff coming out of her that was really demonic. So Joan and I just gently escorted her out of the church service into the church office and we just started ministering to her and, you know, talking to her about how 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 did this happen and, and um, we just sort of started praying over her and then, um, you know, Joan said, look, you have to tell this demon to go. You have to tell it yourself to go. And so we prayed and she she started trying to say, go, you know, go, leave me. But it, it just couldn't come out. It was like her body was in this physical struggle. And um, Joan said to her, look, why don't you just write down on this piece of paper, write this down, go in Jesus' name. If you can't say it, write it down. So it was like her human will was trying to write go and the letters were all, you know, like that. It was like her hand, she had to really struggle against this thing. And she wrote go in and then this incredible thing happened. Her hand just went like this, really quickly, two seconds. And what was left on the paper was this, I'm not going. That's what was written on the paper. This thing had turned go in, Jesus' name was supposed to be written, but this thing had gone, I'm not going. Seriously. And there it was on the bit of paper, I'm not going. And we said, yes, you are. And we just prayed with that lady. And you know what? She she doesn't come to this church now, but I see her around town from time to time. She's still walking with the Lord and she's living a Christian life. And um, and and it's great to see that because that was um one of those intense moments in your Christian life where you actually come face to face with that dark spiritual world, the world of evil, in which Satan and demonic forces are ranged against each one of us individually, against the church of Jesus Christ, and even against all of humanity. So today, though, I want to say this, all of life is spiritual. And I want you to make this confession with me. So my spiritual life is natural and my natural life is spiritual. Will you say that with me? Ready? My spiritual life is natural and my natural life is spiritual. Now, what I mean by that is I'm going to illustrate it out of this scripture verse, but also out of something that happened in my life. So this scripture verse, Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 3, as for you, and I'm talking about me here, as for me, I was dead in my transgressions and sins. Now, obviously, I wasn't physically dead as a 16-year-old young teenage boy, but my spirit was dead. My spirit had no connection with God and my soul and my body were just being tossed around by, you know, by, as it says in here, um, transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And that was me. I was just, you know, tossed around by my, my what was going on with my friends, my peer group and the world around me. And I had no concept and no connection at all with God. This says, verse 3, all of us also lived among them at one time. So it's not just me, it's all of us. All of us also lived amongst the world gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. So before you're a Christian, life is dominated by what the Bible calls the flesh. The flesh is the human soul and the human body in its un 
regenerate state, not born again, the, the soul that is not connected with God because you haven't been born again, and the body attached to the soul, that's what the Bible calls the flesh. And so before you're a Christian, you're living out the life of the flesh. You're living the cravings of your body and we, we're following the desires and thoughts of the world. So it, it impacts our mind and our will and our emotions and our body. And so I, I want us to have a think about this, that spiritual warfare is not just the, this sort of get out in Jesus' name kind of stu- uh, stuff. That's, that's definitely spiritual warfare, it's absolutely. And, and um, you know, I've seen even it's a, it's a bit debatable. People debate this, but um, Christians can certainly be harassed by a demon and and sort of affected by a demon. I don't believe the word possessed is the right word because when Jesus possesses our soul and our spirit, um, we can't be possessed by anything else. But we can be we can be impacted. The the Bible word is demonized. But but you know what? There's so much more to spiritual warfare. And I want to share, um, Ian, can we have the next slide, please? I want to share that God cares about you as a whole person, about your soul, your spirit, and your body. And at the center of our being is our spirit, which connects with God. It relates to God. It's our God consciousness. And when you become a Christian, God's Holy Spirit comes into your into your spirit, connects with it, brings it to life in a spiritual way, and that's called being born again. It's a new life. But we, but that spirit then begins to work into our soul and our body because at that point in time when you, when you become a, a new creation and you, you're born again, you're being crucified with Christ and things are made new, but your soul and your body still are not instantly changed into perfection. Like, I don't know about you, but the moment I got born again, it changed my life radically from the inside out. But I tell you what, it's still having to work through my soul and my body, my salvation to make me who God wants me to be. And the thing is this, when I was a young Christian, just a month old or so, I knew I was born again. Oh man, I had a radical experience of Jesus. And I began to live in this guilt and shame over the coming weeks because my thought patterns and some of the habits of my life didn't change. And I just had this new new conscience within me, a consciousness that that wasn't right. And so I was living with this guilt and I got to the point only after about a month where I thought, I'm going to pack this in. And then a a young man at school who was quite a mature Christian, we were only 16, but he was a part of a group called the Navigators and they teach people how to memorise scripture. And this young man came to visit me at my house and we went and sat uh, out the back on a wharf. I lived on on a river in Sydney and we sat there and dangled our feet in the water while he taught me to memorise scripture. And he talked to me about guilt and shame and how, you know, no, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God's forgiven you, but, but, but we still need to live out this life where we're growing and changing. And he taught me how to memorise scripture. And in particular, he, he taught, you know, we went through a whole lot of verses in the book of Romans and I followed the Navigator's topical memory system, which I've still got on my, on my desk in there because I review it every now and again. But as I began to let my mind and my soul 
focus more on my spirit than on the old body things that used to control me as a person. As that happened, as my my mind became renewed by God's word and I learned who I was as a Christian and and who God was and and how he how he had forgiven us and there was no condemnation that I, my whole being started to change and you know what that's the that's the realm of the warfare of spiritual warfare because the word of God says this may the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly You know, that's perfect you, make you perfect. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless. Isn't that what you want? Don't you want your whole being to be sound and blameless? Not just your spirit born again, but your soul and your body as well, sound, whole, well, thriving and blameless, not carrying shame and guilt and the blame that the enemy tries to put on us. You see, in Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, God is a tripart being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but he's one God, and we are one person. And when we get born again, we need to be aware that the spiritual battle is going to be fought in our soul and our bodies as well as um, in our spirit. Jesus, God's already won the battle spiritually. If we've been born again, we're knowing him, we've got an eternity with him, but we need to learn to live out of our spirit rather than out of our flesh, especially out of our body. So Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active and pierces to the division of soul and spirit. So that we, we have these distinct parts of who we are and yet we are one indivisible person and a sickness in one part of us impacts the whole of who we are. So let's uh, move on and have a look at mind, will and emotions, which are the entry points into our soul. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. This was one of the first memory verses that I learned because it it just said to me, it's a transformational process. You are going to be continually transformed as you learn to think biblically. You learn to think the thoughts of God after him um, and your mind is renewed so that you won't be conformed to how you used to live. You'll be living this new life. You'll be living it out. And so um, Romans 9, uh, it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs, but on God who has mercy. And John 1.13 talks about not by the blood, uh, the the will of the flesh or the will of man. We have a will. Mankind has a will. We have a mind that needs renewing. We have a will which needs strengthening. And we have emotions which need purifying and healing. That's our soul. All of those things are a part of our soul. And as we worship, as we gather as church, as we get get into the word of God, then God renews those things, all of them, our mind, our will, our emotions. And you know what? We, we sort of, especially in traditional churches, you hear a lot about renewing the mind, learning to recognize sin and to conquer over sin and so on. And um, in contemporary churches, especially probably more in the charismatic Pentecostal realm, you hear about renewing our emotions as well because wounded emotions can really um, cause a Christian to miss out on the sound life in all its fullness that God wants us to have. And um, we we sometimes hear a bit about the body as well. And, you know, let, let me illustrate this idea that we are one being in that if somebody 
is sexually abused, it doesn't just affect their body. The scarring of their emotions and their mind and their will that come from that are incredibly deep and incredibly painful. And often that will impact our, the spiritual life of that person as well because, because we are one being and, uh, and abuse and, um, you know, a, any kind of negativity in any of, our, any of those realms uh, can impact the other realms as well. So, for example, let's, let's take it the other way, psychosomatic. So let's say someone's been abused psychologically. It will often affect the way their soma, their body, develops. They won't be thriving in their physical body because we are one being, we are all linked together. And so it brings me to this place now, next um, slide please, Ian, where I want to dwell for a little while with the book of Romans because, you know, the the, the Ephesians passage about um, putting on the armour of God and taking our stand against the devil's schemes, all of that is, is very, very true. But this spiritual battle is not only... Uh, that battle, you know, how, how is that battle fought against those spiritual forces of evil? If you look at the, the sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation and so on, if you look at that from the point of view of what I'm telling you today, you will see that some of those things are to do with the mind, some of them are to do with the will, some of them are to do with the human spirit. Some are to do with the emotions, um, you know, like um, the, even the fruit of the spirit, fruit, fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Some of those things are attitudes of our mind. Some of them are actually feelings of joy and peace and so on. And um, some of them are things which we need to decide with our will that, and to train our will to follow God's will not the will of our flesh, not our fallen and broken desires and so on. And so here we have in Romans 12, 1 and 2, amazing passage. Therefore, what do I always say? What's the therefore, therefore? I'll tell you what the therefore is therefore, okay? Because up to that point, the book of Romans has all been about our salvation. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death death of our spirit. We're dead to God. We're dead to that spiritual world. Uh, Romans um, 10, 8 and 9. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Up to that point, the writer of Romans has been building this idea of what is what does it mean to be saved? But right here at this point, the whole tone of the book of Romans changes. And it becomes this. It becomes how to live out your salvation in the world, in a way which is victorious living, life in all its fullness, thriving in a world where there is an enemy who wants you not to thrive and to pull you down. So right there, therefore, I urge you, brothers, because we're saved, in view of God's mercy, because God has shown mercy on you, because you've been born again, because he's forgiven your sins, therefore I offer your bodies as living sacrifices. We're no longer going to live out of that, just the desires of our body. Let me illustrate that with a few things. What are the gateways into our body? Let's start with some of the big ones, the eyes. The eyes are a gateway into our body. If we're going to let our mind be renewed and to live out this new life of the spirit in a, in a victorious way, where our eyes go is incredibly important. What you watch, what you take, what you read, what you take, where you, where you place your eyes. Look, be honest, 
I live across the road from Newcastle Beach and, you know, all I have to do is sit up in bed and I can see the beach and the waves and the whales and all that and that's fantastic. But I tell you what, girls don't wear much these days when they go to the beach. In fact, from behind, you could think they were wearing nothing these days, to be honest. And I ha- I'm just being honest with you here. I have a constant battle to turn my eyes away, to avert my eyes from that because the eyes are a gateway into my body which, will, which impacts my soul, the way I think and so on. And I have to make sure that what I'm watching, what I'm reading, where my eyes are wandering are going to be things which glorify God and which help my mind to be renewed. What about the ears? What do you listen to? Now, you, you know, if I was talking to a bunch of young people, the, the music often of, uh, of today, the, you know, I don't mind the, the music, but the lyrics are often awful. They, they encourage all sorts of darkness and dark thoughts and suicide and all sorts of things. And we need to be kept, what are we listening to? Not only what, but who, who are you listening to? Where do your ears turn? Are you, are you making sure that you're listening to podcasts and you're here at church listening to the Word of God and, and listening to the Word of God perhaps, um, you know, read out and so on? Those things make, that makes a huge difference. It's all spiritual warfare, all of this. These are the gateways into our, just our body, let alone getting into our mind, our will and our emotions. But um, what, about, what about our skin? What about our sense of touch? You know, where... Are we going with that? And, you know, if your eyes are resting on things that they shouldn't rest on and your ears are listening to stuff that is just sowing to your, your old flesh, your old human nature, there's quite likely that you are going to be touching things sometime soon that you shouldn't be touching and that are going to steal your joy. They're going to take away your life in all its fullness. They're going to, they're going to ruin the life that, that God has for you. And, um, you know, that's, this is where the, we work together with our will. Our will has to be strengthened as we read the word of God, as we worship him, as we fellowship together. All these things build up our spirit and that will strengthen our will so that we're living from the inside out, not from the outside in. Are you with me? Okay, but we are one being and it all Im- impacts the other things. So offer your bodies as living sacrifices. We could go on except I couldn't think of a lot of examples for the sense of smell, you know, what you smell, how does that impact you? Well, I don't know, maybe you can help me with that one. So, you know, the, these gateways into our body that then impact our soul. And then obviously Romans 12 too. Oh, by the way, um, you know, if you do offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, this is your, one version says spiritual worship. The other one says true and proper worship. You know, offering our bodies, doing this with our bodies is worship. What we do with our bodies is worship. And um, that's our spiritual worship. It's our true and proper worship. And worship is spiritual warfare. We sing about it, don't we? how worshipping God pushes back the darkness. But then it goes on and says, don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so that is such a big thing to get the word of God 
into our minds and to begin to try and apply it to all of life, to measure the things of this earth by the word of God and to say the word of God is what I'm going to believe, not my experience, not what the media tells me, not what I'm reading, you know, in different places, um, not the attitudes of the world, not the spirit of this age, the zeitgeist of what, what this culture believes, but I'm going to believe the word of God. And we, our mind is renewed in that way. And as we read Christian books and listen to podcasts and all that sort of thing, if we can focus ourselves and use our time, use exercise your will to use your time wisely, you know, you will find your spirit person being built up and you'll find more and more victory in the soul and in the body realm. One more thing. Our society at the moment is really focused on the gluttony of quality. You know, you serve up a normal plate of meat and three veg and it's like, well, it didn't look like that on channel 53, you know, the, the food channel or whatever, you know. But it's not only food we take in through our mouths, is it? It's, it's other chemical substances and our society is taking into their, you know, alcohol and drugs and things that are enslaving their soul and enslaving their spirit and keeping them in bondage. And let me say, you, any person, I believe this with all my heart, who is in, in um, rebelliousness to God, in sexual sin, in, getting, uh, in alcohol and drug taking and so on, they are gateways to demonic control of a person's life. And sure as anything, if someone's up, opened up those gateways and they're addicted and so on, that you've given the demons power to get a hold of your life you know it's all one the spiritual warfare body soul spirit it's all one let's pray father god we thank you this day lord god that our the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty to the tearing down of strongholds lord god and we thank you that you have given us your word and that we live in a day of literacy not only literacy but we ha have the ability to listen and see your word through many um, digital means and other means lord god we've always got it on our phone and and with us uh, all the time lord i just pray that each person here will thrive and and live that sound full life that you want us to live as we live out of our spirit, Lord God, as we live out of that fellowship we have with you and other believers and the living and active word of God, which brings life to our soul and life to our body. And Father, today I pray that um, you would you would help us to exercise our will to live out that spirit life that you have given to us. Father, we thank you in view of your mercy, Lord God, in view of your great mercy, we lay down all the rest of our lives, our mind, our will, our emotions, our bodies before you and we accept your healing spirit to come in and to continue and speed up that work, Lord. Take us from glory to glory that we might live the victorious life in Jesus. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.